We're so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Uh, we're going to jump into God's Word now uh, to explore the Scriptures together. Uh, we're going to take a brief interlude this week as we gather in church hubs from our Dear Church series, exploring Jesus' letters to the church in Revelation. And we're going to explore a different part of God's Word this morning. Uh, so this week I was really drawn to Acts chapter 16 and the, the story of Paul and Silas being imprisoned uh, for their faith and for their mission work uh, in Philippi. Um, so I'm going to read it through this story. We're going to pause at various moments to kind of reflect on that. Uh, but the key question I want us to think about as we journey through this passage, and, and I guess the key question I want us to discuss in our church hubs afterwards and encourage each other around, is the question, what do we allow to hold back our praises? What, what do we allow to interrupt, to dampen our praise to God? And so this story starts in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And the first part of the story reminds us that doing God's will can get us into trouble. Um, and so in verse 16, uh, we're, we're told that um, once we were going to the place of prayer. And so this is Luke telling the story of the Apostle Paul and those who ministered with him. And so in this stage, Paul and Silas. And so he says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. I've just kind of paused for a moment there. It's not part of what I want to talk about this morning, but it's interesting. Wouldn't it be great if the demonic criticism of us was that we were telling people how to be saved? If that's all that uh, that enemy had to say about us, then that might be a good thing. Uh, but she kept up this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hopes of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before, brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. And so Paul and Silas were doing what God had called them to do. Uh, they were on mission seeking to lead people into the truth of the gospel that they might be saved in Jesus' name. They were, they were doing what this girl's uh, demonic possession was accusing them of doing, telling people how to be saved. That was God's will for them. But it got them into trouble. Uh, they were severely beaten with rods. Uh, there's this moment where the whole crowd joins in the attack. And so sometimes we might feel, oh, the whole world's against me. And this was pretty much true for Paul and Silas in this moment. Everyone that could be against them was against them. And so what this tells us is even when we're doing the exact thing that God has called us to do, even in the very center of God's will, bad stuff can still happen. This story tells us a little bit further than that, though. Even when we're in the very midst of God's will, bad stuff can happen. But sometimes it's because 
We're in the midst of God's will. Because we're doing what God has called us to do, bad stuff can happen. We, we have an enemy who is against us, who wants to tear down what we're doing. And so the takeaway for us, this first part of the story, and this is not where we're going to really land our thoughts today, but the takeaway is that opposition and difficulty don't always mean you're on the wrong path. Resistance doesn't always mean that you're doing the wrong thing. And so the question is, how do we respond to opposition, to trouble, to trial? Well, Paul and Silas show us how they respond, or Luke tells us about it in the very next work. Do we allow this opposition, this resistance, this trouble to diminish our praise, to dampen it? Well, for, for Paul and Silas in verse 25, we read, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, that's songs of praise, to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So Paul and Silas' response was both prayer and praise. It's kind of like that song that we sing sometimes. This is how we fight our battles, which means that song's talking about we actually fight our battles by worshipping God rather than fighting battles, that we allow God to fight for us. And so Paul and Silas, thousands of years before that song was written, are living that out. They've had what most of us have experienced the day that Paul and Silas had had. They've we would call it the worst day of our lives for many of us. But they didn't allow that circumstance to be their excuse to stop praising God. In that moment of trial and trouble and resistance, they chose to praise. They didn't allow the circumstance to dampen, to diminish, to, to reduce their passion for praising God, their, their faithfulness to praising God. It's a little bit like, I was reminded, um, Carl's recorded his debut three-minute moment. That's going to be coming out soon. Keep your eyes open for it. But it's on Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Uh, that verse, many of us know, that talks about, though the figs don't ripen, though there's no grapes on the vine, though there's no harvest, there's, there's no sheep in the stalls, that kind of thing, though all of these bad things are happen, yet I'll still praise God. And so what Carl pointed out is, often we allow those things to be our buts. I would praise God, but... We allow those things to cause us to not praise instead of saying, yeah, this stuff's bad, it's difficult, it's hard for Paul and Silas. Yes, we're in jail, we've been beaten, we're chained up in the very middle of the jail, there's no escape from this situation, but yet I will still praise God. Not, but I won't praise God, or I would have if this didn't happen, yet I will still praise God. And I love that Luke tells us that others were listening to him. To Paul and Silas, sorry. And so it makes me think, who's paying attention to how I respond to trouble? Who's paying attention to how we as a church respond when when things are difficult? Who's seeing the church's response? It may not look like people are listening or watching, but I can guarantee that when we face opposition, people are paying attention to how we respond. And so we, we need to think carefully about how we do that. We need to respond, as Paul and Silas do, with praise. And so the key question, again, is, is how do we respond? What do we allow to hold back our praises? What do we allow to interrupt, to take priority over, to diminish, to dampen our praise for God? What do we allow to hold back our praise? So we're going to come back and land on that question as we come to a discussion time in our hubs in a moment. 
But I just want to finish the story because there's, there's more to it than that. Paul and Silas respond by praying and praising God on what would be the worst day of our lives for most of us. And then God responds to that. In verse 26, we're told, after they prayed and prayed, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prisoners' doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. This is a very targeted earthquake. Uh, The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped, because that would have been a better fate for him than what the Romans would have done to him had they realized he'd let everyone escape. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself! We are still here! The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all of the others in the house, in his house. At that hour of night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them in to his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So here's the thing. Paul and Silas were free. They, they fought their battle with praise. An earthquake had come that had targeted their freedom. They were free. They could have run away. And it would have been a great testimony. It's similar to, to Peter's miraculous freedom from jail. It would have been a great testimony that God had miraculously freed them from their trouble and trial in the midst of praising him. But they didn't leave. Because I believe they had a sense of a greater purpose than their own freedom. In staying in that place, they achieved more for God than running. Their jailer's whole household was saved as a result of their staying when they were free to to leave. And so the takeaway for us is sometimes more is achieved for God by staying in the hard place, even when we're free to leave. Sometimes more is achieved for God when we choose to keep at it, even when he's freed us to leave that place. There's a greater testimony. The key moment here, though, is that that verse 25, which I want to read again as we come to finish this message. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. See, it's in this moment of praise where the breakthrough comes. They chose to praise despite their circumstance and that led to breakthrough, to freedom. But I think it's in that moment as well that they were praising God that they got a sense of a greater purpose for that miracle than simply their own freedom. It's in that moment of praise that they had a sense that God wanted to do more in them and free them from prison. It's in that moment of praise that is key to this whole story. It's it's actually right in the middle of the story as it's written, right in the middle. And that's often how the ancient writers wrote, that the point would be embedded right in the middle. And so the key question again, at the risk of repeating myself for the hundredth time, is what do we, what do you allow to hold back our praise? 
And so I want us to discuss that in our church hubs, but I don't want us to, to land there. I, I want us to actually move beyond that to encourage one another. How do we move past that? How do we move past allowing these things to hold back our prayers? Because this church is truly how we fight our battle. It's not against flesh and blood, as Paul tells us in Ephesians. We fight our battle when we choose to praise and to pray no matter what the circumstances may be for us. I'm going to close in prayer and then I really want to encourage us in our hubs to, to chat about what do we allow to hold back our praises and how do we move beyond that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the example of Paul and Silas. I pray that we would be encouraged by one another, that we'd be encouraged by their example, that we would be amongst those that allow nothing to hold back our praises, that we would praise you, that we would pray to you even on the worst day, and that we'd still be praising you and praying to you on the best day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.